Hello, Real Life family and friends. This is Pastor Tim, and today we're going to continue our series on spirit living. So we've been talking about what it means to live filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is really how we're enabled or empowered by God to live a new life through faith in Jesus, to be set free from sin, uh, to be empowered to live in victory, and, and to have, instead of our own limitations and our, and our own means, to have God himself empower us, enable us to live a new life, a life of freedom, a life of fullness, in Him, in relationship with Him, and through His power. And one of the wonderful things that comes with living filled with the Holy Spirit is spiritual gifts. So we're going to talk about spiritual gifts today and look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 together. How about you? Do you enjoy getting gifts more or giving gifts? I think without a doubt when I was younger, it was all about receiving and getting gifts. But the older I get, the more joy I get out of giving gifts. And with God and with the Holy Spirit and fellowship with Him, we get both. We get to receive gifts from God that bless us, that enable us to live um, in health and wholeness and fullness and wisdom and grace and peace and joy. But we also get to be a conduit of those gifts to one another. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is a spiritual gifts or the workings of God's Spirit in us and through us toward one another. And so let's look at that together. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, Paul says, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. And so he goes into teaching us about spiritual gifts. Now, there is a lot of ignorance about spiritual gifts on both sides of the issue. On the one hand, uh, there's been a lot of weird and uh, things done in the name of the Holy Spirit that are just really been ignorant and not in proper exercise of the scriptures. I remember growing up, I've seen a lot of different things over the years of, of different expressions of the Holy Spiritual gifts that people would, would do just weird things and quite frankly, stupid things, you know, in, in under the guise of the Holy Spirit. And it, it just, sometimes it freaks people out. Sometimes it just turns people off. And so, you know, we need to learn how to properly um, address this issue and what is of the Holy Spirit and what is the goal of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? And on the other hand, there's ignorance with, with a, another side of the issue of people who are just denying the fact that spiritual gifts exist today, that, that there aren't gifts of healing or, or gifts of miracles or discerning of spirits or speaking in tongues or uh, prophecy and those things are of the past. Well, that's not what the scripture teaches us either. So we need to number one, recognize that spiritual gifts are a part of our existence today because the Holy Spirit is in us and with us. But also we need to learn how to properly uh, con conduct or be a conductor of what God wants to do in us th through us. And so that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit today is what is this whole thing about spiritual gifts? Now, the idea here in the scripture, I was looking at the Greek language in this verse where Paul says, now about spiritual gifts, the word spiritual gifts or that phrase comes from the Greek word pneumatikon, pneumatikon or pneuma, which is of spiritual activity or things produced by the spirit or the breath of God. So 
it doesn't actually say spiritual gifts in the Greek language. It says a word that indicates it's a, of a spiritual origin. Um, that it's spirit birthed or spirit breathed, or these are in the effects of the Holy Spirit. So spiritual gifts is a phrase that we're just coming up with to describe manifestations of the Holy Spirit doing stuff. Okay? All right, I hope that helps you because it is of the Holy Spirit. It's not of man. It's not of a Christian. It's of God. It's of the Spirit. It's spirit breathed, spirit activity, things produced by the Spirit we are calling spiritual gifts. All right? And so John, or in Luke chapter 11, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, verses 9 to 13. He says this, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. So what's he talking about? A lot of people just think he's talking about just pray for things, ask God for things. But the context here is very specific. Verse 10, he says, For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? So his son is obviously in this context hungry, right? And he's asking his father for food. Please, father, give me a fish to eat, right? And, and Jesus says, when his son asks a father to give him a fish, he's not going to give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? Of course not. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, and here's the context, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to them or those who ask him? And so this is in the context of seeking, asking, um, and knocking on the door of heaven for the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you to be hungry for God, to seek Him, uh, to, to seek a, a Spirit-filled life, to ask God for more of His presence in your life, and to knock on the door of heaven for more of Him. The Holy Spirit always comes when we uh, give our will away to God when we surrender ourselves to Him and we hunger for more of Him. And so I just pray that you will be encouraged to seek out all that God has for you, to seek this intimate, deep, meaningful relationship with the Holy Spirit, okay? Just continue to hunger for God. Hunger for Him. Your soul will only be satisfied through an intimate relationship through the Holy Spirit. So anyway, we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. As we continue in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, I want to read for you verses 4, 5, and 6, one at a time. So verse 4 says this, and number one, I want to make this point of three points. Number one, we each need to recognize our unique part in the body. And so here's how the scriptures define it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. Now these three verses show us another picture of the Trinity. In this verse, it's referencing the Spirit, and it uses a word, gifts. Now, the gifts there in the Greek is the word charismaton. So, that's where we get the word charismatic, which means grace effects, or gracious gifts, or the effects of the Holy Spirit upon us. And so, these gifts are coming from the Holy Spirit, and we all 
have different kinds of gifts that come from him, from the Holy Spirit, right? And it says there are different kinds of gifts, charismaton, but the same pneuma, the same spirit is behind it all. It's the Holy Spirit, right? The second uh, statement here in verse 5 says there are different kinds of services or service, but the same Lord. Now we see the second person of the Trinity, which is Jesus, Lord. Jesus is Lord. And so it says there are different kinds of service. This Greek word is uh, diakonion, which is where we get the word deacon from, which means to serve. Um, it's of services or through services or administrations. Some verses use uh, translation uses the word administration. So there's different kinds of charismata or gifts, grace effects from the spirit. There's different kinds of services or administrations um, that are from the Lord, from Jesus. And then verse six talks about the third person of the Trinity, which is actually the first, which is God. So we have the spirit, we have the Lord. And in this verse, we see God. So there are different kinds of working, but the same God who works all of them in all men. So now we see this beautiful picture of the Trinity, which again, God loves variety. He himself is a community, right? God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working to, together variety of, of, uh, a variety of person, personhoods of God, but with a singular purpose. It's the same with the way that God is teaching us how we're going to be working. We're all going to be different. We all going to maybe have a different gift or a different calling or a different service or a different working of God. But we are all to be in unison together, building up the body of Christ. We're all working together, all right? And so this word for working is very cool in Greek. It is energimaton, energimaton, which is where we get our word energy. This is cool. So this involves power. There are different kinds of power or energies, but the same God works all of them. The word works there is Energon. In other words, God is the one who is energizing these energies. God is your energizer. He is the one who is providing the working or the energy to make things happen. Isn't that cool? So this involves power. So we have the gifts of the Spirit. We have the services or the callings of Christ on our lives. And we have God himself energizing these, these uh, activities. So th this is kind of a collage of explanation of the spiritual gifts of what's happening here. So a couple of things that I just want to say weren't mentioned. Number one, um, it doesn't come from you and it doesn't come from me. The energy isn't coming from me. The calling isn't coming, the, the service, uh, the gifting. None of that is human generated. That's, that's what I want to be real clear about. None of that's coming from something I decide to do or you decide to do or that I, I want to do or you want to do. No, no, no. It's all of the spirit of the Lord and of God. And God provides the energy. God, the spirit is the one that's doing the, the, the giftings, you know, and Jesus is the one that's putting us into these acts of service. He's the one that calls us. So this is not a human activity. This is all God working through us. So we don't generate any of these spiritual gifts. These are pneuma gifts. These are of God activities, okay? And so that's the first point. The second one I want to just re-emphasize is that it's all connected 
into one purpose. It's not about me uh, carving out my little corner of the world and, and uh, doing my own thing and you doing your own thing, but it's all of God bringing us all together with one common purpose. And He's in all of it. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we need to keep those things in mind when we're talking about spiritual gifts, okay? So um, Ephesians 2.10 says, Paul says, For we are God's workmanship, handiwork, masterpiece, right? Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God created or prepared in advance for us to do. And so um, we see that every one of us is called to be a part of this. And I just want to read for you a list of some of these giftings, uh, spiritual gifts that Paul lists in chapter 12. So in verse 8, he says, To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the, means, uh, by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. And, and, and Paul concludes by saying, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He, the Spirit, gives them to each one just as He determines. And so it's not something that I go out to the spiritual gift store and purchase what I want. Um, it's not that I get to choose or you get to choose, but the Spirit of God Himself uh, gives us what He determines for us to, to, to give to others. And so it's all of God. It's all determined by Him and His will. And there's a variety of gifts um, that are listed in Scripture. There's a variety of acts of services. There's a variety of talents and callings. There's a, a variety of offices, if you will, like pastor, apostle, teacher, prophet. There's all of these different giftings and callings and services that all work together to build up the body of Christ, to advance the kingdom of God. And every one of us is a part of it. And so that's why I want to stress that the first point I'm making is each of us need to recognize our unique part in the body because you have a unique part in the body. And your part is just as vital as anyone else's part. Every single part is needed. And that's what I love about the analogy of scriptures using our body as an example. Because we have all these different parts, but we need them all to function together to accomplish purposes, right? So one of the thoughts I had was that when we um, are exercising our gift, we can't put ourselves in a box and try to be like someone else. I was uh, thinking of this analogy of about saws. Um, there's a variety of saws. And I started thinking uh, of all the different saws I have. I want to show you just a handful of some of the saws that I brought with me today. So this is right here um, called a bow saw. And a bow saw, I use this saw to cut down like a Christmas tree, for instance. At the Christmas tree farm, you'll see this if you ever go and cut your own tree down. This works great for cutting down a Christmas tree but it wouldn't work really good for hardly anything else. It has a unique purpose, it's a saw. But then I have a different saw here, and this is called a hacksaw. And I use this hacksaw to cut screws or nails or little pieces of metal uh, to fit a certain project that I'm using. But this wouldn't work good on a Christmas tree at all. I mean, it wouldn't, 
It would take forever to try to cut a Christmas tree with this. It's not meant for that. But then this is kind of a standard saw. It's a hand saw, cross cut saw. And this would work great for cutting a two by four. That's what it's made to do is cutting dry lumber like that. But this would get bound up trying to cut down, like I said, a Christmas tree. And it wouldn't work for a lot of other projects, but it would work for a lot of smaller ones. Another saw that you may have seen or you might own yourself would be something like this. This is a pruning saw. This also works great for trimming trees and, and things like that. It has its unique purpose. But then I have a saw right here that uh, I use for drywall. It's called a, a drywall saw. And it's designed specifically to plunge into a drywall. And it's skinny and, it, and it's easy to turn and cut uh, with that. But this would work horrible trying to cut a two by four. So all these saws have their own purpose. This is a coping saw. This is made to cut real fine cuts of wood. But I have bigger saws I didn't bring with me today, like some of you might have. A table saw. I have a band saw. Uh, I have a circular saw. Um, and what else? I have a chainsaw. I have like 15 different saws at my house. And so sometimes we look at these gifts in the scriptures, and when we, we read these gifts, sometimes we imagine what it should look like because we've seen someone else do something. But the, the, the fact that I'm trying to bring out is we can't model what God wants to do through us um, according to what God has done through someone else. I have 15 different saws and every one of them I use for a specific purpose, but I very rarely cross those saws to do something else that a different saw is doing because it's not designed that way. It's not meant to do that. It won't work as well or quickly or easily or turn out as well. It's the same with the gifts of God. You might have the gift of wisdom, but it might be expressed differently through your life than it is through someone else's. And so we're not supposed to worry about what anybody else is doing or trying to be like someone else. We are just to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit pour out of us what he's put inside of us. And it might be a little different than someone else. And that's okay because God loves variety, but he has a singular purpose, a singular purpose. And that is to build up the body of Christ. So in kind of conclusion of this first point, I just want to encourage you that we need to recognize your uniqueness in the body of Christ and seek to be a conduit of the Holy Spirit's gifts to others, whether that's in our spiritual gifts or just our, our roles in the church. Maybe we're serving on a, on a ministry team and that's what God's put in our heart to do. Or we just have talents and passions that we're going to offer to God. Every one of us has a variety of things that God has put in our heart and through the Holy Spirit is releasing through us to bless other people with. And so do that. Make sure that your life is more than just about your own needs, but be a conduit of heaven. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is putting in your heart for people around you and give it away. Give that gift away. It's meant to be a blessing and to build others up around you in the family of God. So the second point I want to make today is that we need to exercise our role for the benefit of the body. Each and every one of us has been placed in the body of Christ to receive from others and to give to others. And so we all need to recognize that God has given us something to give. 
that will bless and benefit other people. So it's not just recognizing who we are, what we're good at, what God's calling us to do, but it's actually doing it, right? We, are, we need to do our part. We need to play our role. We need to follow those callings of God. We need to listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And we need to follow Him and do what He's calling us to do. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, Now to each one, the manifestation, the expression, the, the activity of the Holy Spirit is given. All right, so to each one of us, the, 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 the acts of these grace gifts, the effects of the Spirit of God is upon you. To each and every one of us, it's given to us, and it concludes, for the common good. It is not for me, it is for the good of the whole. It's for the good of the body. Some people think that the spiritual gifts are just to, to make them feel special, you know? No, it's not about you. The gifts aren't given to you. The gifts are given through you, right? The Holy Spirit is giving you something to give to someone else. That's how he does it. We are a conduit of heaven. God is partnering with us to establish his will on the earth. And so he moves through us to do that. So the purpose for God giving you a gift of the Spirit is to benefit the body, and the body can't benefit if you're not releasing that, giving that, investing what God has put into you. So this is not for our own personal enjoyment or promotion, but to be exercised within the body that all might benefit and profit. So 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says, All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. And so, um, again, God is orchestrating this whole thing. Um, God has given me something to give. He's given you something to give, and he will continue to do that. And I didn't decide what that was. God did. And so I don't even have to worry about how do I compare with somebody else? Am I better than somebody else? Am I not as good as somebody else? It has nothing to do with that. It's simply I'm a pipeline of God's blessings to other people, and so are you. We don't need to be concerned about what's flowing through us as long as it is of God of the Holy Spirit. God just wants a willing, available heart to move through to bless people. That's you, that's me. So one of the things um, in verse 12 of chapter 12 says the body, the body, Paul's using the analogy of the body, is a unit. And though it is made up of many parts and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. So it's like Christ, the Bible says, is the head. We think of our body, here's the head. The head gives the directions and the order, okay, for the whole body. It's out of the brain that comes all of the information and commands, if you will, the command center. So Jesus is the head, but the Holy Spirit is like the nervous system. As soon as our brain decides to do something, like I just snapped my fingers, it sent all kinds of instructions through my body and it, and it activated, right, these fingers, the pressure, the coordination of working together to make a sound to snap my fingers. There is a whole lot of stuff that just happened in those milliseconds that went from the brain to the nervous system, to my muscles, to, to my arm, down my arm, into my hand, up to the fingers, and the amount of pressure, the amount of movement, and the timing of everything to make that happen. That's incredibly complicated. And uh, there's, there's no other... There's no animal that can even do that, right? This is like may, maybe an ape that's trained. But 
but just the complexity of our body, how all of these parts need to function together as according to the head. The head, Jesus, is the head of the church. And so we are all parts of the body. And just, just like we, uh, we have all these different parts here, all of these parts only really function if they have one another. The finger can't really do much on its own. Apart from the hand, the finger becomes useless. The thumb, the kneecap, you know, the eye, you know, it all needs to be connected. We all need a variety of things working together at the same time to, to, to make things happen. And that's how uh, the Bible paints the church. You and I, we are interrelated, we're interconnected, there's no getting around it. That's how God designed us to be. You need the body of Christ, and the body of Christ needs you. We need each other. We need to be together. And the Holy Spirit is the one that's directing us, filling us, and God often uses a multi multiple people to accomplish His purposes on the earth. A, a multiple variety of giftings and services, and energies, and callings, and that's what the church is. We're all filled with something, and we all follow the Holy Spirit's leading, and the nervous system, the Holy Spirit, is not eclectic, not spastic, but it's unified to be able to pull off the will of God on the earth. So you're needed. You're important. I'm needed. I'm important. But we have to be together. We have to allow the signals that are coming from the head through the Holy Spirit, the nervous system, to move us to action. What should be moving us to action is the Holy Spirit, not guilt, you know, not religious um, condemnation or pressures, not another person forcing us to do something, but the Holy Spirit, the nervous system. Jesus is going to call the Holy Spirit to motivate and move upon people, you and me, and we are to respond to that so that the will of God can be done on the earth. That's the best way I can imagine what these spiritual gifts is all about. Because it's for the body. It's for us to be healthy, to grow, to mature, and to establish and advance the kingdom of God on the earth. I hope that helps you see what this is all about. Number three, the third point I want to make here is that we need to work together as guided by the Holy Spirit. All right? So number one, hey, we all need to find our uniqueness. Number two, we all need to actually then exercise that uniqueness. And number three, we need to do it in unison together. We need to be under the, submitted to God and to the Holy Spirit and working together. Because that's how God does things. He works together. Each of us are needed in this coordinated flow of the Spirit. So I think that's a good phrase to keep in mind. The flow of the Spirit. What is the flow of the Spirit? What is the Spirit saying to us? How do we cooperate with what God is doing in a service or together in a fellowship or overall in what we're, we're contributing to the, the church in our roles? What is the Holy Spirit saying and doing and moving upon us? And it's always going to bring us into unity, not disunity. When we start to see disunity, it's because ego's getting in the way. You, you know, my personal agenda's getting in the way. Um, I, my opinion is different than, than what I think um, the, the standard opinion is. Or, you know, and so when disunity comes up, it is never 
of the Holy Spirit. And so the Bible warns us against allowing divisions to take place, that we must continue to be submitted to the Holy Spirit and submitted to one another because unity comes from the Holy Spirit. Disunity comes from the enemy. The enemy wants to break us apart. He wants to divide us so that we can't function well and accomplish God's will on the earth. He wants to divide your family. He wants to divide your marriage. He wants to divide your friendships. He wants to divide your connection to your church, right? Your local church, your, your spiritual family. So we see offense all the time. We see people getting their, their feelings hurt, their opinions uh, twinged, you know, um, because there's, there's that constant worldliness that's contending for our soul. And so we need to continue to walk humility, in humility before God and one another. And we need to grow in the Lord and mature in His ways because unity is of God. Disunity is not of God. So we need to strive, the Bible says, strive for unity. We need to walk together in unity. So I want to encourage you to do that. If there's any offense in your heart, don't let that divide your relationships. Forgive, reconcile, and let's keep moving together. This, this is what God is calling us to do. Now, as I mentioned before, though, the body, our physical body, is not to be spastic, right? Every part is connected to other parts and it must not act on its own. If a part of my body begins to act on its own, there's a serious problem, right? There's a serious problem. Like I've, I've had a, a time recently where all of a sudden my eyes began to like cross involuntarily and they just started to do something weird, right? That's a problem when something like that starts to happen and your body is not listening to the rest of the body and it's doing its own thing right? There's a problem. So in the church, we're not just doing our own thing. Every part isn't just doing its thing without regard to the rest of the body. Every part needs to be in communication, right? And working together. And every part needs to flow in order and unison. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. When we're walking in alignment with the Holy Spirit, we will all be walking in unity together. And we'll see the blessing of God upon us, and we will see the works of God become fruitful in us and through us. And so it's a labor of love. It's something that we need to continue to seek and humbly ask for God to help us be a part of what He is calling us to be a part of, to be a part of the body of Christ. And so 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says, But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. You know, some people might say, well, I don't feel that important. I'd rather be that person. I'd rather do that thing. And there can be jealousy or envy, or there could be um, hurt uh, or pride uh, in involved in these kinds of things. But the Bible says that there isn't any room for any of those types of reactions or feelings because God is the one who gives these assignments and gifts and services. And Every part is equal in its own right. Every part has its own unique contribution that other parts can't do. And so there might be some that 
look from the outside as more important than others, but the Bible makes it clear there are no parts more important than any other. You are given your part by God himself. And so we all need to embrace whatever that is and see that this is what God is doing in me and through me. Um, in 1 Corinthians 12, 24 to 25, it says that God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. And so we all need to have this mindset that we are all in this together. We are all equal in the eyes of God. And no matter what we are doing, it is equally important because it is the assignment or it's the calling or it's the gifting that God has called us to do. What a privilege and what an honor to be a part of God's family, to be a part of the body of Christ. Now you are the body of Christ, verse 27 says, and each one of you is a part of it. So he goes on to say in verse 31, Eager, eagerly desire the greater gifts. And that word eagerly desire, that phrase eagerly desire, is zelute in Greek, which is where we get the word zealous from. So it could be translated, be ye being zealous for the greater gifts. Be excited. Ask God, God, I'm, I am passionate about wanting to be a conduit for your love, a conduit for your blessing. Use me, God. Flow through me, Holy Spirit. I want to hear from you. I want to see you do great things through my life in blessing the people that you've called me to bless. Oh, God, I want to be used by you. I want the greater gifts flowing in my life. Fill me. Overflow through me. Let me experience the joy of giving of giving my life, giving these gifts away. God, choose me, use me. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Send me. So the Bible says, be zealous. Be ye being zealous to be used by God to bless other people. That's such a great way to live your life. I hope that you're on board with that and that together we can all do our part. We can all recognize we have a unique uh, gifting that God has given us. And, and, and a role and passions and talents that we get to offer and bring to the table, to the body of Christ, to build the body of Christ up. And secondly, we need to do it. We need to, we need to then exercise those giftings, release those talents, get involved in that service, and, and let God energize those workings in our life. And we need to do it in unison, under the, under the guise, under the direction, the leadership, of the Holy Spirit. Unity brings blessing. May we walk in unity together. May each of us see um, our uniqueness in God. May we give and exercise that uniqueness freely and fully with great zeal and energy. And may God help us to do that in unison, that we will see a fruitfulness to our spiritual family, to our spiritual growth, to our, to our world, in seeing the kingdom established and growing in us and through us, in Jesus' name. Well, today I wanna to bless you before you go. Thanks for watching this. I hope that you continue to stir up the gifts of God in you and, and just ask for God to continue to fill you. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you 
and give you peace. And may the Holy Spirit energize you and speak to you and lead you and move through you this week in a powerful way. May your life be a conduit of the blessings of God to all those that you come in contact with this week at home and out of your home, wherever you go, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you soon.